Merry Christmas, friend. I am so proud of you for listening to this podcast today as you are intentionally choosing to fix your heart on Jesus. My hope and prayer are that this study would encourage you and remind you of who he is. The holidays can be crazy and life can be challenging, but when we shift our focus and remember who he is, everything changes. Help me spread this message by sharing it with your friends and family on social media. You can also hit the button to share the episode via text with them. We both know we could all use something that will help us focus more on celebrating that Jesus came instead of getting caught up in the crazy this time of year. This Advent study is brought to you by Online Women's Bible Study. If you want to know God through His Word better, I am giving you a week free to try out being a member at OnlineWomensBibleStudy.com. This is the perfect time to join because we are doing some special things for Advent, including giving the PDF version of the study away to our members. And we have a special Advent series going through the Christmas narrative. Our teachers are Jamie Ivey, Tony Collier, Whitney Caps, MMA Jenkins, and myself with worship from Christine Knuckles. Do not miss this. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Now, let's get started with celebrating who he is. Day 5, Jealous with Christine Hoover. If you haven't already, take some time to pray. Praise God. Repent of sin. Ask for others and yourself. Yield to God today. Then wait and listen. In college, I dated a cute guy named Kyle for six months. I had a nagging sense toward the end of those six months that he wasn't really that into me. And when I eventually voiced my concern, it led to our split during spring finals. I returned home for the summer heartbroken, still wanting so badly for him to care for me as I cared for him. In August of that summer, I attended a friend's birthday party and saw Kyle again for the first time since we'd broken up. As soon as I had noticed he was there, I felt a twinge in my heart that confirmed I wasn't over him yet. He, however, was clearly over me. He spent the entire night following another girl around like a puppy dog, trying to capture her attention. I drove away from the party that night in tears, jealous of the attention he'd given her, wanting so badly to have won his affections for myself. Even now, years later, I feel a sense of injustice rising up as I type these words, because Kyle and I did eventually get back together, and he eventually became my husband. To recall how how his affections turned towards someone else back in the day makes me jealous because although I know I'm his one and only today and in the future, there was a time when I wasn't. I want to have always been his girl. It's hard not to think of that kind of relational jealousy when I read in scripture that God is a jealous God. Is God's jealousness like this, the same as ours? I don't think so. Though his jealousy is difficult to wrap our minds around, and perhaps one of his greatest and most misunderstood attributes, when we do understand this aspect of him and know the Messiah is a manifestation of God's jealousy, it is simply breathtaking. God's jealousy is provoked by one thing. What is that one thing? Read the following to make any keynotes you learn about jealousy. Exodus 24 through 6. You shall not make for yourself any carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." 
Exodus 34, 12 through 16. Take care lest you make a covenant with inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it become a snare in your midst. You shall tear down their altars and break their pillars and cut down their ashram, for you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and when they whore after their gods and sacrifice to their gods, and you are invited, you eat of this sacrifice." And you take of their daughters for your sons and their daughters whore after their gods and make your sons whore after their gods. Deuteronomy 4, 23-24 Take care lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you and and make a carved image, the form of anything that the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Question, what is a jealousy typically provoked by? What is our jealousy typically provoked by? Question, is this different from what God's jealousy is provoked by? If so, how is it different? Our jealousy is typically provoked by an affront to our sense of justice. When I saw Kyle trying to win the affections of another girl, it stirred feelings of rejection and injustice at not being chosen. Our jealousy is like this, always exalting self. God's jealousy is much different. In the passage we read, God's jealousy was provoked when his people gave their affections to idols, when they worshipped and served the created rather than the creator. His jealousy is born out of rightful ownership, and it is also born out of a heart that wants the very best for his children. He was jealous for his people, not jealous of people or even the idols they turned toward. He was never, he has never been in competition with anyone or anything. He was jealous for his people's affections because he knew that only he could give them all their hearts longed for. He knew those idols were broken, worthless, and empty, and how they would, even every single one of them, eventually break the hearts of those he loved. His jealousy is also protective. How so? Deuteronomy 4, 25-28 When you father children and children's children have grown old in the land, if you act corruptly by making a carved image in the form of anything and by doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God, so as to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish from the land and that you are going over the Jordan to possess. You will not live long in it, but will utterly, but will be utterly destroyed. And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there will, and there you will serve gods of wood and stone, the work of human hands that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. Question, what were the consequences of idolatry for the Israelites? In other words, what was God's jealousy attempting to protect them from? Notice that Moses speaks prophetically, you will be scattered. And eventually they were indeed scattered because they resisted God's jealous protection and his desire to give them what was best. And yet God's jealousy is purposeful. Question, what was God's promise to the Israelites through the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel 39, 21 through 29? And I will set my glory among the nations and all the nations shall see my judgment that I have executed and my hand that I have laid on them. The house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. And the nations shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity, because they dealt so treacherously with me that I hid my face from them and gave them into the hand of their adversaries, and they all fell by the sword. 
I dealt with them according to their uncleanness, cleanness, and their transgressions, and hid my face from them. And therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have mercy in the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. They shall forget their shame and all the treachery that have practiced against me. And when they dwell securely in their land with none to make them afraid, when I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them from their enemies' lands and through them have vindicated my holiness in the sight of many nations, then they shall know that I'm the Lord their God because I sent them into exile among the nations and then assembled them into their own land. I will leave none of them remaining among the nations anymore and i will not hide my face anymore from them when i pour out my spirit upon the house of israel declares the lord he promised their complete he promised their complete restoration god in his jealousy for the reconciliation of his people with their god had a plan his plan wasn't merely to return to the israel return the israelites to their land although he did indeed do that his plan wasn't merely to make them a great nation again, although he did indeed do that. His jealousy extended to you and to me. He did not stop until we all had the opportunity to accept the best God could give himself. Question, what does God in his jealousy promise in Ezekiel thirty nine twenty nine and Joel 2, 28-32? Ezekiel thirty nine twenty nine. And I will not hide my face anymore from them when I pour out my spirit upon the house of Israel, declares the Lord. Joel 2, 28-32 And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on, on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall sh see visions, even on the male and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit." And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be those who escape as the Lord has said. And among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Question. Notice the word afterward in Joel. After what is the spirit poured out? Who fulfills this prophetic promise? In my jealousy toward the other girl at the party, my heart was turned toward myself with zealous selfishness. God in his jealousy turned towards us with the greatest act of selflessness, sending his son to us, knowing he would suffer and die at the hands of men. Also, we would have the very best and have the most satis and have what satisfies our souls. Also, we could receive with our eyes and know deep in our hearts that God's love for us is real and true and farther reaching than our sin. It was jealousy that sent Jesus. As we wrap today, let's do what we always do. Take a moment and write out your own definition for today's attribute of God. God is jealous. Then, doer of the word. How can you apply what you have learned from the Lord today? Is there anything you should do or stop doing in obedience of or faith because of what you've read. Next, who should you tell? What is something you can share about today? Stop and ask God to show you who to share this with today. Pray over that person or group and ask God for an opportunity and courage to share. If you share on social media, be sure to use hashtag HeIsAdventStudy and tag at Becky Kaiser. I hope that was encouraging to you. 
This Advent study was brought to you by Online Women's Bible Study. As a reminder, I'm giving you a week free to try out being a member at OnlineWomensBibleStudy.com. This is the perfect time to join because we are doing some special things for Advent, including giving the PDF version of this study away to all of our members. Plus, we have a special Advent series going through the Christmas narrative. Our teachers are Jamie Ivey, Tony Collier, Whitney Caps, Mimi Jenkins, myself, with worship from Christy Knuckles. Friend, do not miss this. You have nothing to lose with that week trial. I'm so grateful you joined us today. James 1.22 in the ESV says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Or the message translation says it even more bluntly, Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. This podcast is called Hearers and Doers because that's the kind of people we are committing to becoming. Women who choose to not just hear what is true, but actually live it out in our day-to-day lives. I'd love to hear your big takeaways from today's episode. Would you share them? Post them on social media and be sure to tag me at Becky Kaiser, K-I-S-E-R. And if you loved today's episode, don't forget to give it an awesome review because that helps others find the show too. And you can always text the link to friends so they don't miss it either. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day, my friend. Love you so.